What's up, everybody? This is Caleb Hutton with uh, the Counted Faithful podcast, and today we got another Counted Faithful interview, and uh, we got a special interview today, and I'm excited about this one, but uh, make sure you go uh, follow us, subscribe to us on whatever podcast platform you're listening on, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and uh, just so you don't miss any episodes uh, that are coming out. Um, hopefully you listened to the last episode, uh, the first episode on our mental health and the Christian. Uh, we got another episode coming up next week with the guest host, and we're going to be talking some more about that subject. And uh, before we get into this interview, uh, I want to tell you about our new uh, sponsor that we got. Let me tell you about our new sponsor, uh, Liberty Spices. If you are looking for a company that's locally owned, a small business company, they are the ones to go to for your spices and seasonings. They got a whole bunch of different uh, variety of spices. They got multi-purpose seasoning, bacon burger seasoning, uh, pork rub seasoning. And I know they're coming out with some new barbecue seasoning. And uh, if you want to taste freedom, Liberty Spices is the place to go. You can find them at libertyspices.net or on Facebook at Liberty Spices. And when you order, make sure to use the code Radio 20, that's R-A-D-I-O-2-0, Radio 20, for 20% off your first order. And uh, getting into today's interview, uh, we got a special guest, um, someone I've known for a long time. Uh, we basically grew up together, uh, church nursery, graduated high school together. Uh, my good friend, Jeremiah Johnson. And uh, the reason why I got him on he, uh, the interview today is he is getting ordained um this coming sunday uh, right after this interview post and uh, he's getting ordained and that i know that's a special moment in his life and it just goes to show that he's been faithful uh throughout his uh, young life so far and uh jeremiah welcome to the podcast thank you for being here thank you so much it's certainly a pleasure to be here and glad to be on here with you today so um like i said um i've known him my whole life, he's just a few months older than me, so he's actually known me my whole life. And I've known him most of his whole life, but uh, we grew up together, so we got a lot of stories um, about each other, a lot of stories uh, serving uh, in the youth group together growing up, playing sports, all different kinds of things. But since uh, these these interviews are mostly focused on just the faithfulness of, of the person in the ministry, I uh, Jeremiah, why don't you tell us where you're serving at in the ministry? Tell us about your family, just to get us started. Sure. I am uh, actually on staff at Bethel Baptist Church in Walls, Mississippi. And I came out here to uh, Bible College back in 2007 and uh, worked here in the church um, just as uh, well, worked a job and then uh, taught uh, in the Sunday school and uh, worked a bus route and then. Uh, they brought me on to staff, and, and so it's certainly a pleasure to, to work here. I am the youth pastor at the church, and uh, this is about three and a half years now I've done that, and so we certainly enjoy working with our, our teenagers. Uh, my wife actually grew up here, and uh, her grandfather is the one who started the church here, and her uncle then pastored it, and now her, her cousin's husband is the pastor. Um, but uh, my wife and I married in 2016, and I better say that right, I'm getting <laughs> trouble. Uh, but in 2016, and then we do have two children, and uh, we have Cole, and he's three, and uh, Kinsley, she's seven months. And so um, just young in the uh, the parenting department, but we certainly enjoy our kids. 
So, uh, Jeremiah and I, like I said, we've been friends, and uh, we're both out here in Mississippi now. He came out here in 2007, and um, he invited me out here in 2008, I believe, for a uh, college days youth conference. And I came out here uh, that year with a buddy, and uh, we almost died when he picked us <laughs> up from the airport. Yeah. Um, he, we almost slid off the, the interstate. Um, so that was definitely an introduction to Mississippi. I won't forget, but um, he was in college at that time. He invited us out here, and I was trying to figure out what to do with my life. And um, at that time, I was like, "Sure, I'll come out here." And then I got back home, and they offered me at my job like a two dollar and fifty cent raise. So I was like, "Sure, I'll work for that much." And so I stayed there. And then um, just as life goes on, we always stayed in touch. Um, I moved to New Mexico for a bit. Jeremiah was still out here. And um, what do you say? We we probably talked at least once a week. It seemed like we sure. we talked all the time, um, just about everything. Um, we we stayed in touch and uh, came to a point where uh, I was back in Colorado and and uh, I had to make a decision whether I was going to get a place by myself in Colorado, find a roommate, move with my parents to Texas. And uh, just happened at that time that uh, Jeremiah did an adult thing and bought a house. <laughs> and so he was like, hey, move out here and rent a room for me. And so I was like, sure, why not? And so um, I've been out here since 2011 or 12, something like that, like nine years, I think. Yeah, I bought a house in 12. Yeah, 12. So I came out here in 2013, beginning of, uh, we packed up my little uh, two-door Toyota Tercel. <laughs> and <laughs> made a 16-hour drive across the country with no cruise control and uh he he uh, was along for that ride and um but so we've been out here and uh we we worked together we've served together out here too so um it, it's a blessing to have a friend um that that you grew up with that you can serve with and and that you know you're on the same page with um grow, as you go throughout life um but let's get into your childhood you grew up uh, I knew you as a friend. That's that's all I knew you as. But you grew up as a preacher's kid, evangelist kid, youth pastor's kid. You covered it all. Um, so tell us uh, what it was like growing up in a household where uh, where your dad was in the ministry full time, serving in some capacity. You know, it was it was definitely an, an honor. I will say that. Um, as far as the the preacher kid part of it, I, I can't say I have a terrible uh, memory when it comes to my childhood. So the preacher kid part, I was uh, I was a PK, I guess, only until I was, I believe it was seven or eight, maybe. And so I don't remember a whole lot from that time. And so just young and kind of naive to everything that was going on. Um, and then my dad did travel and evangelism for about three years. And then I remember most being a youth pastor's kid. Um, but as, as mentioned, um, you know, my dad was always in the ministry growing up. And as, you know, I would say that, there is kind of a bad rap sometimes on preachers' kids, and um, you know, rightfully so, maybe wrongfully, a little bit, I believe. Um, but it is like growing up in a glass house. We've probably all heard that term, and uh, it seems like um, you know everything that you do is put on display. You're kind of the little fish in the fishbowl, and maybe we could use that term, um, where everything that people or that you do, it's kind of critiqued, and and you know right or wrong, um, you know, it, it does add a little extra stress. I will say, though, that I don't ever um, really remember overthinking it. I know I do have people that I know, friends that I have, 
um, who maybe are uh, pastor's kids, and they yeah. really struggled with the yep. you know parent being in the ministry and whatnot. Um, but I can't say that I ever could re- go back and recall one time ever really overthinking, you know, and it's just not fair that I can't do this because my dad's in the ministry or whatever. Right. Is, you know, and so... Um, so I, I don't, I don't feel like I had that, I resented it a whole lot. Um, but, um, you know, I guess there's one of two choices. You either embrace it or you resent it. Right. And, uh, you know, I just, and I don't know that I ever came, thought in my mind, well, I'm going to just embrace it. But, you know, I'm just thankful for the youth group that we had. And obviously you're familiar with that. And, um, you know, I don't ever remember, you know, feeling like the oddball because my dad was the youth pastor or they were on staff or being pointed out because it was a PK or whatever, you know. So I think that made it easier on me, just the the friends. Right. And uh, like I said, I never, growing up, I never thought of you as, oh, you're the youth pastor's kid. Yes, your dad was my youth pastor. We we went to the youth group together um, and uh, Brother Johnson was actually... Uh, his de- Jeremiah's dad was actually he he started um, as a youth pastor there at Cornerstone the same year we went into seventh grade. Mm-hmm. So I had his dad as my youth pastor uh, the whole time I was in high school, and um, hopefully here pretty soon we'll get brother uh, Steve Johnson on here uh, for the interview. And he probably more than anybody besides my parents, um, he played a huge part of my life and still does to this day. Um, he has a special place in my life, but. I never looked at Jeremiah as being a preacher's kid or even the youth pastor's kid. Now, I do know that there was other kids in the youth group that did, and, and um, there was some resentment, and, and there was going to be that. Um, but I never looked at him like that, and I think that's just because of the friendship we had developed even as younger kids. Uh, we we were close, and so um, growing up, we, we, uh, you know, we were just friends even in, even in high school. So as as you were a child, especially, you know, I think uh, our teenage years, that's probably the years that really defined who we were and what we were going to do in life. Uh, what lessons did you learn um, being, one, un- under your dad as a youth pastor? Because I know that's a little different, you know, than going to hear someone else. But what lessons did you learn during those teenage years that helped you as you went throughout life to just stay faithful? Yeah, I wouldn't... On that that same topic, um, you know, I'd say probably the hardest part of your dad being the youth pastor was your dad being on all your trips. <laughs> I would say if there was if there was one thing that I may have resented, I would, I remember it like vividly multiple times thinking, I just wish my parents weren't on this trip. You know, or I could go on a trip without my mom and dad. Right. You know, and it never happened, but you know, it wasn't a, a big deal. But I will say that was maybe that's one of those PK moments that you just kind of wished. You know, that that you could go on a trip by yourself with your parents not being there. I never even thought of that. (laughs) Like, I never even was in that position where my parents went on. I would sometimes wish that my parents could go with us on certain trips. But, I mean, I guess if your parents are there, you're you're with your parents all the time. time. You never got a chance to get away from them. So, you can never really uh, (laughs) goof off and get away with stuff. Um, But as far as, I'd say, maybe some lessons, um, something I just mentioned about... Uh, you know, either embracing or rejecting it. Um, as I was, um, you know, just kind of thinking on this, I, I thought about the passage in, you know, in the Old Testament with the Levites. Um, the Levites were held to a different standard than the rest of the children of Israel. You know, God gave them different things that they had to abide by that even some of the rest did not. And, um, 
And, you know, again, you could look at it as, well, that's not fair, or, or you could, again, just embrace it. And, and I feel like that, you know, probably at that phase of my life, that's not the thought process that I had. Um, but I would say looking back on it, probably um, a big lesson that I learned was, was just embracing, you know, what God had, the position that he had, had put me in. And, and I am very thankful that I had never resented it because I do know, um, again, just growing up and knowing other pastor's kids or other people in the ministry, even now in my older years, seeing pastors with their kids and talking to some of them, um, that it is a big resentment. And, um, and I'm so thankful that, you know, and I would attribute it 100% to my parents, um, that I'm thankful that the ministry was never painted as a, um, you know, as a negative picture. Right. And, you know, in, in reality, I, I thought our church was perfect. You know, right. I thought our pastor yeah. was perfect. And, and now looking back and seeing, I'm like, whoa, okay, where is a lot of things that are far from perfect, but mom and dad never painted that picture to us. Right. And, you know, and it's with mom and dad being on, on staff, I'm sure they knew all of the junk going on, but we never knew about it. And, and I attribute that to them that, um, that, you know, they protected us in a big way. Um, to to keep our focus not on you know the negativities of the ministry and sometimes the hardships and the the hurt because I mean they've told us stories now where you know of, of, of different families in the church that were harsh to right. our family and other things and I never knew about any of that and we were certainly protected and that was probably one big thing that I have learned now that I've even stepped out you know, now in the ministry is one thing I want to protect my children from that um, but I'm so thankful and then I would say you know growing up in that position. Um, I'm so thankful for the consistency of my parents. Um, if I could point back to maybe one thing in, in um, growing up that I would say that is the key thing was mom and dad being the same person at church, the same person we went on family vacation, the same person at home. It was no different. We were Christians. We were who we were at church and everywhere else. And I'm so thankful that, that they were just real you know, and that there was no putting on a facade, you know, throwing on this mask to go to church, throwing on this mask to go to vacation. It was just always the same everywhere we went. And so that was definitely a great lesson that, I, that my parents, um, you know, taught me as uh, growing up there in the, the, the youth pastor ministry home. Um, and I'd say maybe one other lesson that I, that I feel like I really learned um, from them was God was first in everything. And, uh, you know, some people might be able to say, well, yeah, that's because you're ministry and you had no choice. And that probably is true, and yeah. you know, to an extent. Um, I didn't have a choice, and really neither did they if they wanted to keep their job. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, but I'm so thankful that, that throughout it, you know, that mom and dad put God first. And, you know, example, and Caleb, you know that, you know, in sports, uh, how big in the sports we always were. Um, whether it was, you know, we wanted to go to Colorado Rockies games, or we wanted to go to a Denver Nuggets games, and the Broncos were out of the picture because they were Sunday. Right. Uh, but, uh, but the other ones, I knew I wasn't going to a game on Sunday. I knew I wasn't going to a game on Wednesday. I knew I wasn't going to a game on Thursday because of church visitation. And I knew I wasn't going to a game on Saturday because of bus visitation. And so and it seemed like they never played on Monday, Tuesday, or Friday. Right. And, uh, and so, but that was just one example. As much as we liked that stuff, it was everything, our life revolved around the church. And what a great lesson to learn at a young age that, you know, it was God first and then and everything else will fall in, you know, around, around God being the center. Right, and I can attest to that, uh, what he said about uh, just um, your parents being consistent in everything they do. I mean, um, growing up in the youth group uh, with you, like I never felt like your parents treated y'all any different than any of the rest of us. Mm -hmm. They loved all of us the same. 
And I know that they loved their kids, and it was evident. But, I mean, we could go to them with, you know, anything that we had troubles with or anything like that. And they loved us. And, you know, they would they did a lot for the teens at that time. They never showed mm-hmm. their own kids favoritism um, during that time. But, and being around them, especially, you know, even as I've gotten out of high school and um, helped Brother Johnson at his church currently at um, in Denver at, at Lighthouse Baptist Church, um, just the consistency. I mean, they are what they were. Uh, 20 years ago when I was in high school, um, as a 13, 14, 15-year-old kid, they are the same today. And, um, you know, it, it's always good to have people like that in your life that you can look to. And, right. and I, I'm sure, you know, in your shoes, it's it's even a bigger blessing to look at your parents and, and see that. And I know it hasn't been easy. I mean, I've seen them struggle. Sure. Just like, you know, I've seen my parents struggle. And But just the faithfulness and the consistency that they've shown, right. um, you know... Yeah. I know is a, is a big blessing and also something that you can learn from. Right. And one thing on that note, I mean, just here's a little example. And uh, I remember getting up in, you know, in high school, going out and running, you know, a couple miles in the morning to get stay in shape for sports. And um, I remember getting up, setting my alarm at 5.30, and I'd go out to, to run. And my dad was already at the table, head of the table, with his Bible out reading it. And then um, years down the road, he came out here and uh, was staying at the house and, I got up, we were, had, a, had a meeting, and Pastor Westmoreland had asked me to drop off a speaker. And uh, he said, I hate to do this to you, but it's an early flight. You know, it'll be about, you know, 4, 4.30 in the morning, you got to take him. I said, hey, I'd, I'd love to spend, you know, the time with the man of God and take him. And so I got to, got back to the house. It was about 5 to 5.30, and walked in the door of my house. At the head of my table was my dad with his Bible. And, you know, so I'm reading the Bible. And that's just, it shows you the consistency, like you mentioned. And so, you know, it, that goes, you know, that's a, that's a greater lesson than what just what they were saying with their mouth, but that we could watch them, you know, through their life. And right. so I'm certainly thankful for my parents. Right. So we talked a little bit about your childhood, and I went out of order on my notes here, but your salvation testimony, because I do think that's a important uh, time, no matter what time in your life that you accepted Christ as your Savior, that's um, probably one of the most important uh, moments in your life, but uh, give us your salvation testimony. Yeah, when I was, um, I got saved when I was nine years old, um, just before I turned 10, and uh, brother, uh, Dr. Dean Miller, he was the pastor of our church there, and uh, he had preached a, a message on uh, the rapture, and uh, I remembered hearing you know several messages on that, and it does, as a church kid growing <laughs> up, makes you question your salvation every time it's preached, because uh, we didn't have a you know, crazy transformation in our life. We went to church, Sunday school, sang the same songs and everything before it saved and after salvation. But, but I remember it was on a, he'd preach it on Wednesday and I, uh, really thought about it, you know, through that night and Thursday and, and then, um, and Friday. And I remember, um, my brothers and I had a bunk downstairs. Um, if you remember the house, 3610 East Bijou, uh, down there. And, and, uh, we were, my brother and I were in, in bed and, uh, supposed to be sleeping and um i was on the top bunk he was on the bottom and i the passage kept going through my head two shall be uh, working in the field one will be taken one will be left two shall be sleeping in a bed one will be taken one will be left and though we weren't in the bed together i just knew the rapture would happen that night he was going to come flying through my bunk and uh and you know be raptured out and i was going to be the one left in that bed and, uh, and i thought about it thought about it thought about it and anyways finally just say yeah, i'm gonna go talk to mom and I was crying at this point, you know, and uh, and so I made my way to the stairs, went up the stairs, and this tells you how long ago it was, and I don't feel like I'm old, but this will show some age here. 
um, she was sorting cassette tapes. <laughs> and uh, What's and most, that? Of the, yeah, most of the kids listening to this podcast are like, what is that? Go Google it. Um, but uh, we were, uh, but she and my oldest sister was, was there, Latricia, and they were uh, sorting the cassette tapes. And my mom's first instinct, this tells you, I guess, how his boys acted. But as soon as I got up the stairs, she said, Jeremiah, why aren't you in bed? You know, and I'm like, well, I just want to be saved. You know, and, uh, but, uh, but I was crying. And then she realized, you know, that there was something, um, you know, more important than being in bed that we need to talk about. And so I told her, you know, that I was not saved. And uh, she took me into, her, into the bedroom there and we sat on the edge of the bed. And um, she went through the verses that I probably had memorized at even that phase of life and, and uh, I remember her just flipping through, telling me, uh, you know, about salvation. And um, we knelt there at the edge of the bed, and and uh, and I trusted Christ as my Savior. And so September 12th, 1997, uh, I was nine years old, and, and uh, what a blessing. Every time I go back to Colorado, um, I make it a point to drive by that house, and I'll sit across the street and look at that window that I got saved in and just thank the Lord for that. And so uh, no greater day, but I'm, I'm certainly thankful that, that he saved me. Yeah, I do remember that house. Um, yeah. It was on a big hill, it was. <laughs> and uh, they had a dog at that time named Racer. Yeah, and so, um, like I said, we grew up together. But uh, so you gotta say right before, basically right before you went to high school, um, into the youth group, and uh, jumping back into the youth group, and just um, how important, like you said, you know, your parents made sure that you put God first in everything that you do as a family. But they even did that as you know the youth. Uh, leaders um i remember going on you know basketball tournaments and brother johnson would you know set a goal for us to see how many people we could witness to and and um lead to christ while we were on basketball tournaments and uh we would go to the mall after games all sweaty and be you know passing out tracks and trying to witness to people and um some of my favorite memories at that time were um probably thursdays we would get out of school early and we would go to high schools and uh, we fit right in with the teenagers as they got out of high school. And we just go solely and be able to talk to people our age and, and um, be able to witness to them. And then um, later that evening, we'd go back to church, play basketball or whatever. And, you know, but it was always God was first in everything we did at that mm -hmm. time. And, and I think, um, you know, like you said, as a family, uh, his parents made sure to put God first. But they even did that as, as the youth pastor. And I know that helped me a lot in in my own personal life but as you grew older you graduated high school we graduated in 2006 um such a long time ago six six oh six oh yeah um kind of crazy we, we had a choice to make it six <laughs> six no six seven six but um we wanted uh our pastor to do the graduation ceremony and um he was he had double booked himself for that wednesday night so we moved it up one night right yeah I think we moved it up from Wednesday night to Tuesday night or from Sunday night to Wednesday, something like that. But um, we moved it up, and, and um, I don't think it turned out too bad. Uh, right. Most of us are still serving right. and, and, and still going to church and being faithful to, to serving the Lord. But uh, we graduated in 2006, so 15 years later, um, you graduated Bible college and everything. But what you've been in church your whole life. Um, you've been faithful and that's why we're here. You're getting ordained. Um, that's a, a special moment, I believe. And, you know, mm -hmm. especially if, you know, you want to be a pastor one day and, um, what, what keeps you going, um, in serving the Lord? What makes you want to keep serving the Lord? Cause, 
Uh, if you don't know Jeremiah, he's he's uh, good at just about everything he does. And so, I mean, he he's um, I've worked with him. He's he's a good people person. He's a good worker. And I mean, he he kind of chose chosen whatever else he's want you know wanting to do, and and probably been really successful. And I'm not saying he's not successful right now. And and I believe that he's uh, he would say that he's living his best life right now, doing what he's doing. Mm-hmm. But what has kept you? Uh, in the ministry, serving the Lord, and, and just being faithful. Yeah, I would say, I would I would definitely say, and I think if we're, a lot of us are honest, <clears throat> that we could probably say it wasn't always the the most spiritual things keeping us in church. Right. And and I would I would definitely fall into that category. Um, you know, at this phase of my life, I would say what keeps me in church is my love for the Lord. But I can't say that that's what always has, has kept me going. Um, I definitely think... You know, number one, um, you know, just trying to please my parents and trying to please my preacher. Um, you know, I was um, I was named after Dr. Miller. You know, I was called to preach under his ministry. I was saved under his ministry. I certainly wanted to make them proud. Now, I mean, Brother Caleb knows and others, I haven't always been, you know, perfect. I haven't always done things 100% the right way. But as mentioned, thankfully, I have been able to stay in church. And, um, and I would say definitely, you know, trying to please them. And although that is the probably the wrong motive for a period of time, I'm glad that there was something that you know kept me um, right. doing what I was supposed to be doing, even if it was that of not wanting to please my or might just wanting to please my parents. Um, but I would say I would say the number one thing um, that is that is um, kept me uh, motivated to serve the Lord is my fear for the Lord. Um, you know I. I do fear um, because, as the Bible talks about, to whom much has been given, much is required. And I know that um, God has given me much. And, I mean, you could just start with, number one, you know, the the country that we're born in. We're born into a Christian nation. Um, You know, I think it's like 4 to 5% chance of just being born in America. Right. We had a 95% chance to be born somewhere else in the world. And to be born in in a place like this, and then you narrow it down to being born in a in a home that goes to church in general, then you go down to a a church, uh, uh, being in a home that goes to an independent Baptist church, and narrow that down even further to growing up in a preacher's home. I mean, God has blessed me tremendously. And and I do know that God requires much out of my life. And I would say that, you know, maybe the even more than at times when I wish I could say it was my love for the Lord that was the main reason that that I was serving Him and still in church, was my fear for him, uh, of of you know what would happen to my life if I strayed, right? And and I am thankful for for the you know the heritage that God has given me, and I would not trade it for the world. And um, you know I know we got a lot of kids who you know wish they could have what was outside, and when they get it, they'll understand. Man, I wish I'd never tasted that. Right. Um. But man, I'm so thankful, and and my fear for the Lord, and and I do, and and you know for those of you young people or. You know, people who are listening now who will uh, go through that. Um, I challenge you to think about, you know, what God has blessed your life with, and in return, you know, we need to serve Him because He has given us much, and and uh, and and I'm certainly thankful for the fear that that the Lord that my parents teaching us about the fear of the Lord, uh, because you know, God, um, we don't get the same grace that other people who've never heard the truth um, receive. And um, and so I would definitely say my fear for the Lord is has right. been a motivating thing. Well, that's a that's a good. I never really thought of that. I mean, yes, I go to church because I love the Lord, 
and I want to please him, but never really thought about going to, you know, serving Cam because I fear him and because of what he's given to, given to me. Um, I find it interesting that you said that, you know, there was times where you, you stayed in church, stayed, you know, busy in church uh, just to make your parents proud, preach proud. I don't know if I've ever felt like that. Uh, there's been times in my own life where I did that just because that was the habit Right. That was in my life. Sure. I didn't necessarily want to go to church or do anything in church, uh-huh. but I didn't know what else to do during uh, Sunday morning, right. Sunday night, right. Wednesday night. It's like yeah. if, if you're not there, um, it's like having you know FOMO, the fear of missing out. You know, right. and even if you didn't even want to hear the preaching, but you know, you always felt like you were missing something. Right. And it, and if you did miss, you know, you probably were missing something that you needed at that time and you know i've gotten past i don't go to church out of ha- well i go to church out of habit still just it's a habit but um i mean because i love the lord and and i'm sure you know jeremiah say this too but now that you have a family that mm-hmm. um your decisions now especially while your while your kids are young Absolutely. um really you know will set set them on the right path right um so we talked about you know that's motivated you to stay faithful as your fear of the lord and um, as we, as we wrap up, I just want to talk about this last topic and we both grew up in church and, um, in a Christian school and a Christian home, uh, his, his mom taught me in third and fourth grade, his, his dad taught me in some Bible class. And of course he was my youth pastor. And then, uh, I know my mom taught, uh, him, um, when we were in elementary also. And so, um, we've grown up in a Christian home, Christian school. We've been under good preaching, um, our whole lives and we've seen we've grown up with a lot of other people um that have grown up the same way we did mm-hmm. where uh they grew up in as far as we knew christian homes they went to school with us and parents made sacrifices to to pay for their kid to go to christian schools and um i was really thinking about this 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 past week um and and we were talking about it before we started recording um but the story of uh samuel in the bible with uh as he grew up in the temple there his his mom had prayed and, and asked for a son and she promised God that if, if, if she was given a son that uh, she would give him back to the Lord to serve in the temple and she did and at that same time Eli had two sons that um, that were also serving in the temple uh, uh, Phineas and Hophni and uh, they what I was thinking about was that they all grew up in, in basically the same temple the same church they both had Christian parents and um, if you read the story, you see just the wicked uh, acts that Phineas and Hophni did. And Samuel had a choice to whether to do the same thing that they did or didn't. And so as you grew up in church and, and as you've grown up with friends that we've grown up with and you've seen other people uh, stray away from church and stray away from God and serving God, what has kept you, um, because there's always that peer pressure of, of friends, what, what, um, what has kept you uh from going that way after your friends or uh that just has has i know we say you know motivates you to stay faithful but i mean there's you you never want to feel like you're left out especially when it comes to your friends and so you know growing up we had a lot of this basically the same friends Mm -hmm. and, and the same friend group and um we've seen a lot of them go go astray and stuff and as much as it breaks my heart, you know, I know that there's still others out there that are still serving God, you know, which I'm thankful for. Um, but what has kept you um, or what what advice would you give to to teenagers 
uh, growing up or even parents um, as they're raising their kids in, in, in Christian school, church, um, to, to set their kids on the right direction as they graduate high school to keep on serving God. Mm-hmm. You know, I would, I would, I would probably say that um, you know maybe one big lesson that I've learned, and I wish I would have learned it um, earlier in my life, is um, to listen more to those that are in leadership over me, listen to their counsel, listen to their direction, um, and here's the kicker: even when we don't understand, and I do believe that I've I've made some mistakes in my life, and I think this is the main reason that um, some those are mistakes if you could say you know what are the maybe one or two things you could go back and change in your life i think we all have you know something we wish we could go back and change and i would say that it all boils back down to you know um to listening but obeying it even when we don't understand and uh and this is i think as you mentioned you know maybe to the parents or even to the young people um you know i encourage parents don't get tired of you know directing and giving counsel to your kids even if they don't seem to be listening and secondly to the young people i would say you know even when you don't understand obey um you know one of the maybe the famous more famous verses on obedience that we can think about is actually there in samuel but to obey is better than sacrifice um i i read a pamphlet one time of i think it was a message maybe but of curtis hudson and he said light obeyed increases light Light disobeyed increases darkness. And just kind of an intriguing, I bought it because it was a very intriguing title. Um, but kind of the gist of it was the more we obey, the more light God sheds on, you know, even decisions in the right. future. And matter of fact, I even jotted a, a verse down. But, you know, so many times I think, you know, we get to the point we say, well, I just don't understand. And there's a thousand things you could fill in the blank. Right. I just don't understand why I need to be separated. I just don't understand, uh, you know, why it's right to dress modestly. I don't understand why uh, I can't listen to this music. I don't understand why I can't go with this friend, right? I mean, there's right. a thousand things. Yeah. And so, and so, but so many of us, and I found myself in this category, and even though I was told by authority to do a certain thing, because I didn't understand, I didn't listen to the authority because I didn't understand. And so, and I draw this verse down, I'll just read John seven seventeen. The Bible says, If any man will do his will, talking about the Lord, um, he shall know of the doctrine. And so you can note as that verse there, as it, as it says there, what, what precedes the knowing of the doctrine is the obedience to the will of God. And if we would obey, then we would understand the doctrine better. But so many people, they decide, well, hey, since I don't understand, I'm not going to do it. Well, that never increases light. That increases the darkness because we're not doing what we've been told. Um, Psalm one eleven verse ten, it says, "Good understanding have all they that do His commandments." And so there again, we can gain understanding um, once we do His commandments. But it, 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 the obedience precedes, you know, the understanding. And um, and so I just I feel like that was a, a maybe a hard lesson I had to learn, and I didn't learn it until later on in life. And I wish I would have maybe even, and maybe I did, was taught this, I don't know. But I wish, um, and if I wasn't, I wish I'd have learned this at a younger age. And, I, you know, if I could help to teach this um, even now. But, um, but don't just obey because you understand. Obey because it's the right thing. And in our obedience, we'll see that God will shed more light on even direction, you know, uh, things that follow. Um, you know, and I have found in certain things that I didn't quite understand, now that I'm older and now that I'd obey those certain things, I look back I'm like, how did I not see that? Right. Well, if I'd have just, because now I'm obeying that, 
But if I'd obeyed from the beginning when I was, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old, um, I probably would have seen it clearly a whole lot sooner because God would have shed more light. And, um, you know, just that, if we think about that, that light obeyed, you know, increases the light. If we right. disobey when we know what's right, you know, you know it's, um, you know, it increases the darkness. And, you know, so, I mean, there's, you know, verses in Proverbs, just there's a plethora of them, of, you know, and uh, with the, uh, um, the uh, about counsel. And the multitude of counselors. And the multitude of counselors there is safety. Um, and then uh, I just had another one slip in my mind. I had two right before I started saying that. Uh, but there's so much safety, you know, in, in listening to counsel. But so many of us, when we don't understand or don't get why they're saying that, we just do our own thing because we don't understand. Right. And and I wish I'd have learned that, you know, a lot. You know, I mean, the psalmist says, you know, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How do I know? And I love ice cream. How do I know that ice cream is amazing? I've tasted it's, it. Right. You know, and, and there was a period of time where I didn't know that it was awesome. But because I've tasted it. And, and you know, so many people, because of what the, the picture of the rules and, you know, the guy, whatever. And it, it's from their, 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 their physical view. They look out and they say, well, I'm just not going to do that because... You can fill in the blank, but if you would just taste the obedience, obey, follow the Lord, man, you'll see that it's great, and it's such a just a, a life of so much more peace. And uh, so, you know, maybe don't make a judgment based upon you know what we see. Based, on, you know, make your judgment based upon your obedience, and allow God to you know increase the light. Right, and I think you know as we're talking about this subject of of growing up with um, friends and and how we've seen friends go different directions and. Um, like the, I uh, thought about writing a sermon on this topic from first Samuel two entitled titling it, uh, growing up together, but going separate ways. Mm-hmm. And, um, I look at, I look at, at my own life, my own family and, um, just looking at my siblings, we've all gone separate ways. And, uh, but one thing that, that my parents, they, they raised us all, all the same. And at some point, you know, each one of us had to make a choice. Mm-hmm. And I know my parents counseled each one of us and, and everything. And I think that's what helped me a lot in, in my own life in making the right decision is, is my dad, he would, he would counsel me and he would, he wouldn't like, uh, demand that I do certain things. He'd just be like, Hey, you know, I think you should do this and this is why. And it was up to me to make that choice. And I think a lot of times that, that we have parents of teenagers that grow up in Christian schools, Christian homes. And they don't really um, give their give their kids counsel on on spiritual decisions and life decisions on what they should do. And um, Miranda, my wife Miranda, she was telling me something that she learned at the ladies' conference here the other month. Um, I can't remember everything, but about giving your children decisions and teenagers' decisions. Um, you know, at, while they're young, you don't give them a decision, and um, that's something that we've been trying to work on. I have a six-year-old and a three-year-old, and you know, you ask them what they want to eat from McDonald's and it takes them 10 minutes to decide. But, you know, when you just make that decision for them, they're going to eat it anyway right. Right. because that's what they got. Right. And um, so you don't give, you know, those small kids decisions. But then when you become, when they become a teenager, you give them controlled decisions. And and what was meant by that is, and I, I, I look back and I see how my parents did it. I even see how, how uh, Brother Miss Johnson did it, you know, being the youth pastor and stuff. Is that they would give us decisions, but if we try to step outside or make the wrong choice, that's when they would step in. They wanted us to make the right choice. They wanted us to do right. 
But when, when we started to make the wrong choice, that's when they would step in like, hey, get back in line. This is what you're supposed to do. And I think um, a lot of times, even now, um, I mean, the world is totally different than when we were in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, we had no clue what a cell phone was. Right. I mean, if we didn't, when we weren't together, we didn't talk to each other. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. we, 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 we didn't. On we we didn't have school on Fridays. I mean, yeah, you know, was, you always want to hang out with your friends, but it wasn't like, hey, we weren't texting each other, meeting up with each other. I remember when I got my driver's license, I couldn't go nowhere by myself, right. you know, and and wherever I went, you know, I'd have my brother with me, and you know, you couldn't hang, go hang out at certain people's houses and stuff. And nowadays, we just give kids freedom to do whatever right. they want. You know, we give them a cell phone. Um, I remember and I was thinking about this the other day. Um. It's such a small rule, and it's crazy how far technology has come. But um, back in in our day, uh, when we were uh, teenagers, uh, Walkmans, cassette players, the first iPods were were a thing. But the rule was no headphones. You know, um, that was because uh, the Johnsons they didn't they didn't know what we were listening to on on trips or nothing. And uh, it's crazy, you know. And I, I know that's just a simple thing, but they were trying to protect us. They were trying to protect, you know the the good kids in the group from being exposed to stuff that other kids were listening to or whatnot and i just think that we that we just give our kids our teenagers way too much freedom and i'm not i know you're a youth pastor and everything and i'm not saying that you give you know your youth group freedom i know you got rules and everything but um as much as a youth pastor tries to lead and guide that teenager the right way i mean it all comes down to uh what's going on at home and and how the the parents are uh, directing that child and counseling that child. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's been a blessing to grow up and and uh, have a friend that I could serve God with. And, and I remember, uh, you know, when he moved out here, I took it hard. Um, I, I lost probably my closest friend at that time. And, and so it was rough. And God brought someone else, you know, that I was able to serve God with and, and do stuff with. And his brother, uh, Josiah, was a really good friend during that time. But, you know, it's been a blessing even now, um, going to the same church. We, I, um, Now that we're both married and have kids, I mean, life's just even busier. Right. And we don't, we don't even spend that much time together, hang out that much, we see each other at church. But, you know, it's a blessing to have friends that serve God mm-hmm. and um, are in the ministry. And, and you know that they're there for you whenever you need them. And, you know, I think that was something I learned as a, as a, you know, a teenager, as a young kid, you know, was have the right friends that, that you could grow up with. And because there's not many people out there that, you know, like whenever I, people ask how I moved out here and I'm like, well, I had a friend out here and, you know, telling the little story, they're like, you know, him that long. I'm like, yeah, we're still friends. And so, um, you know, it's just been a blessing to, to serve, you know, and I'm excited to see what, what God does in Jeremiah's life as, um, as he's youth pastor now, when <clears throat> I found out about it, I mean, I know it was before uh, it was announced and stuff, and um, the question I asked uh, Brother Sexton, the pastor, when he told me, I was like, what, is he leaving? <laughs> and Brother Sexton looked at me and was like, uh, I hope not. But um, <clears throat> I'm sure I would know sooner than later if, if that was going to happen. But um, I know now he's he's faithfully serving as a youth pastor here. Him and his wife are doing a great job, and I know the the love they have for for the teenagers. They care about them. They want to see them succeed. So um, it's just been a blessing, like I said, to have a friend that's been faithful through the years. And as we wrap this up, Jeremiah, is there anything else you would like to say 
um, to the audience or, or anything? I don't think so. I mean, just, you know, to everybody, just uh, fall in love with the Lord. And, uh, you know, there's, I remember my dad, when he would sign Bibles, he'd always write, make this book the book of your life. And, you know, just uh, stay close to the Lord and, and seek Him and put Him first, and you can never go wrong. But I appreciate being able to come on here, and likewise, the friendship, and, and uh, glad that the Lord has allowed us to stay friends for so many years. Yes, sir. So, uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this uh, podcast, this interview today. Um, like I said at the beginning, uh, make sure you go follow us, subscribe to us, like us on whatever podcast platform you're listening on whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. And uh, just so you don't miss an episode, um, we got some uh, more interviews getting getting lined up over the next few months and that I'm excited about. And don't forget, if you want to taste freedom, go order Liberty Spices today and use code RADIO20. And go check us out at countoffaithful.com or on Facebook at countoffaithful for all uh, the weekly blogs and any other content that is being put out there. And once again, just stay faithful to serving the Lord.